When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Terry McLaurin has now signed a long-term deal with the Washington Commanders. Great for him, but that means he will not be available in free agency next season uh, when the Bears are expected to be big players. Everybody talks about the cap space the Bears are going to have next year. One of those available players is not going to be Terry McLaurin, who is expected to test free agency along with guys like DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, among others. And I wouldn't have called it a long shot that the Bears would have been able to take a run at Terry McLaurin. Obviously, there's an Ohio State connection, although I don't think that him and Justin quite connected uh, during their time there at Ohio State. But, you know, it is going to be an attractive spot to play in Chicago in the coming years, especially if you're an offensive-minded player. So it's a little bit of a disappointment that we're not going to get to uh, to get Terry McLaurin. And that's fine. I'm glad that he got his money and I'm glad that he's going to get paid. But I really do believe that the best possible scenario for the Bears is just to follow the example of the Green Bay Packers. What we've seen them do over the last number of years is anytime they have one of their big name wide receivers come up, they just get rid of them. We saw this summer Devontae Adams traded away to the Las Vegas Raiders. And what the Packers do is they go in and they draft a guy in the second round and he comes out and he becomes a pro bowler and everything moves on and nobody nobody's hurt by it. I think as long as the quarterback is good, everything else is going to work itself out. And so we're very hopeful that Justin Fields is going to be that guy. So it's a bummer that we will not be seeing Terry McLaurin in a Bears uniform. I know a lot of us were hoping for that, but you know what? That's neither here nor there. And let's, Sammy, right now, let's start the show. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back, Justin Fields making magic happen, there goes Fields, touchdown! The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other, it's gonna be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It's time for Take It to the Rank. We have got a great guest for us this evening. Brendan Chagru is going to be joining us here in just a matter of moments. But I did want to take an opportunity right now to thank everybody who is a part of our big debut on AM 1530 WCKG in Chicago. Yeah, we are now a part of that great station every Friday 2 p.m. Central, AM 1530, WCKG, The Sick Podcast with Adam Rank will be on there while you're driving around Chicago. Maybe you're going to Portillo's. Maybe you're going, I don't know what you're doing. You're going to the the, the, the mall in, uh, in Schaumburg. I don't know what you're doing, but you have a chance to listen to The Sick Podcast. And, and honestly, we got a great lineup. Uh, I don't know if they started this week as well, but Olin Krutz, his show, I think it's the one with Jason McKee. Uh, they're going to be following. If they're not following us already, they will be. We're going to have a great sports lineup on AM 1530. I am so excited to be a part of it. It is, uh, it's pretty awesome. And speaking of awesome, 
We have joining us tonight a guy from the Bear Down Chicago pod who a lot of like uh, a lot like us. You know, one of those guys that uh, was young once. He's become an old man. He's moved to the suburbs. The highlight of his week is cooking a couple of burgers and uh, reminiscing about what it was like to go to Cubs games before they they built out Wrigleyville. Uh, so why don't we welcome to the show right now, Brendan Chagru of the Bear Down Chicago pod. Brendan, what's going on, buddy? What's up, Adam? How you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. We were talking about this before the show. We were talking about the changes in Wrigleyville. As an old man now, like we both are, uh, do you do you do you fear change? Do you do you like eh? We don't do it. Or, or how how many Cubs games do you even get to now? I'm not gonna lie. It's been a while. I, I was thinking about this a few days ago during the 2016 World Series uh, season. I was living, I wasn't living in the city, but I was just outside of the city. And I went to probably, you know, maybe between six to 10 Cubs games during that season. And that's a decent amount, I feel like. And ever since then, I've probably been to like three games. And that's really, really sad. Get older, you start oh. going away and, you know, just priorities change. Like I, we were talking about my highlight is using my grill in the backyard, sitting out on the deck, having a nice beer a few years ago it would have been just going out in the city and just, you know, enjoying life on a Tuesday night. Yeah. You're sitting there thinking about the 4th of July holiday used to be one of the greatest times for me in Southern California, going down to Newport beach or whatever. Now it's like, I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to sit here. I want to enjoy uh, maybe a couple of beverages, cooking some stuff on the grill and, you know, maybe talking some Chicago bears. And you heard me talk about this at the top of the show, Terry McLaurin, is not going to be a member of the Chicago Bears. And this, I know it leads itself to the, you know, there's too much, there's too much offseason that these are the things that we have to talk about now. Uh, when you saw that news break today, honestly, you, you kind of like, I, I'll admit, like, I was like, nah, dad gummit. Like, I was hoping, I was, cause Washington's kind of dysfunctional. I thought maybe there was a chance. Uh, were you a little disappointed that perhaps Terry McLaurin will not be joining the team next season? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I saw it. I, I came out of a meeting. And I saw the news and I just, I tweeted out, boo, like good for him. Good for him for getting for his him. money. He he missed the mandatory minicamp. He, he held out a little bit to get that deal. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to him. But yeah, that's another target that's off the radar for the Bears next year. And the next thought I had was, this could be Darnell Mooney next year. You know, yeah. he's he'll be entering after three seasons. He'll be eligible for an extension. Terry McLaurin through two years has kind of had similar numbers to what Darnell Mooney's put up. So if yeah. Mooney puts up another even solid season, he's probably going to be looking at numbers like that too. So as Bears fans, we're not only missing out on a target, but we're thinking about what this might mean for our guy come next year. Yeah, we're looking at Darnell Mooney. And by the way, if I can show the shirt off just for a moment. Oh, oh love it. Right. You know what? You, you can shop uh, the sick podcast with Adam Rank collection for the sickest Chicago Bears merch. Uh, eventually, we're going to get sued for shirts like this. But right now, we're not going to be. So you can go ahead and look that up at the uh, <laughs> Sick Collection, the Sick Podcast with Adam Wayne Collection uh, for the sickest Bears merch. You know, we want to get paid. We want Darnell Mooney to get paid. I think he will. I think that, you know, we've got the – I don't know. I Again, the more that I think about this, and it would have been cool to throw around this money, I don't think that spending big money – on free agent wide receivers. I feel like when you have your guy and he's young, you lock him up. And I thought the commanders did a nice job. They, they got Terry McLaurin. They drafted Dotson this year. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very similar situation 
to what the Bears could find themselves in next season. You know, you have Mooney, who's going to be the guy. I think Bayless Jones is going to be very good. And you draft to do first or second round. And I think that the, the receiving core is going to start coming around. Yeah, exactly. And another thing I was kind of thinking about as we're talking about wide receiver extensions, who's the last Bears wide receiver that was drafted to actually sign like a decent multi-year extension? I can't think of one. Like Darnell yeah. Mooney very well could be the, the guy that breaks that trend. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I guess it would have been, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey would have been available. Mm-hmm. Uh, would have been something that you could have done, you know, perhaps – uh, you know, things broke down the way that they did. And he went on to win a Super Bowl, which is fine. I'm happy for him. I think that this is a different organization. And I think that they, they're they a little bit smarter with the way they're doing things. But yeah, this is going to be sort of unprecedented for the Bears that one of our receivers is going to get a big time second contract because you have to, yeah. uh, unless he was just atrocious this year, which I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be the opposite. Yeah, I, I do think that this is the mold that the Bears are going to go next year. They have the money to spend. We all know that's coming. You then have extra draft picks. And really, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, they're going to have an idea of what this roster is going to look like. They're really going to see what the deficiencies are. Like, we may think what they we know what they are, but until you actually get on the field and see where those potential holes are, that's where free agency is going to become a factor. But if you can lock up your own guy who knows your system, who's developing that rapport with the quarterback. We know Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields are just roommates at this point, apparently. They're working out almost every day together. So that is the mold that you want. And like you mentioned, the Green Bay Packers earlier, draft a guy, continue to to develop them. And I mean, that's that's the key to success. You don't want to be overspending in free agency and doing what like the Jacksonville Jaguars did and just throwing a ton of money at receivers when has that ever worked? I mean, the Allen Robinson signing a few years ago was actually something that, you know, a little bit different. Like, you know, that usually doesn't yeah. work when you give big money to a wide receiver like that. Yeah, it is uh, sometimes a rarity. And you wonder, you know, I expect Devontae Adams to go out there and play pretty well with the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see what happens with Tyreek Hill. I'm, I'm kind of hopeful for him too. But you look at some of these other players and you're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work out. And I think that, you know, it behooves you just to keep the guys that you know. And again, you know, if situations were different, I think Alshon Jeffrey, if the organization would have been in a better spot, they would have kept him and it would have been fine. And, you know, things would have happened. But I don't know. I, I think that um, I think people are getting too worried. I, I, again, we get worked up over it because it's the offseason. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things. We we're kind of fantasy booking him, playing opposite. But we, But in all of our fantasy situations, we always have Darnell Mooney being a part of the team. Like we don't. We don't have that's that's just part of the equation. We're looking for somebody to run alongside of Darnell Mooney, and uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. By the way, speaking of things that are uh, that uh, we spend too much time in the offseason talking about, I don't know who this Packers person was, but he was talking about Randall Cobb, and I guess I don't know what his point he was trying to make because it's like I don't. It just it was a weird argument about like he would be the leading receiver. I'm like I don't think no. like we've had great rec- I is he just saying the straight yardage or whatever I I don't know that's that's think- yeah no that's that's what I kind of interpreted from it and the the argument goes yeah of course he's going to be the the I guess career leader in yards receiving because of the quarterbacks I mean yeah. he's had Aaron Rodgers for pretty much all of his career 
Like, what kind of argument is that? You're just saying that, oh, the Bears quarterbacks haven't been good. Like, okay, guys, we okay. know that. I mean, no, if, you're, right. if you're talking about pure talent standpoint, I'm taking Brandon Marshall over him. I'm taking Alshon Jeffrey. I'm taking Allen Robinson. I'm taking a number of guys over Randall Cobb. And that's not even just saying now, like even his peak back in like 2014, 2015. So that's, that's a silly I, argument. That's what I went and looked up. Cause I, I guess I think your way is probably the best way of interpreting that. Cause I'm like, wait a minute. Cause I was like, I didn't think much of it yesterday. And I was just like, ah, oh, like whatever. Like we have too much time. Like I don't. <laughs> and then I thought about it and I'm like, like we no, the Bears have had good receivers. Like that's not. And then I thought about Matt Forte, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I went back, uh, 2012. Brandon Marshall had close to 200 targets, which was Randall Cobb's rookie season, so that wouldn't have factored in. But I went to 2015 when they had Brandon Marshall, they had Alshon Jeffrey, they had Martellus Bennett, Matt Forte, and I'm like, he would have been the Eddie Royal of that team. He would have had like 30 receptions maybe 300 yards, maybe a pair of touchdowns. Like he's not like he's not some great athletic talent. Like it's not like he went to Houston or any of those other spots that he went to and was blowing the doors off the building. They only brought him back because Aaron Rodgers wanted one of his buddies there, uh, somebody who actually liked him, and that's what happened. Yeah, exactly. He would have been the number one receiver maybe in 2017. That was the one year where – the Bears wide receiver group was just a barren wasteland of talent, unfortunately. But yeah, I really didn't understand that argument. And, you know, to your point, everybody has way too much time on Twitter for, you know, when it comes to Bears and football fans. I took one yeah. look at that. I rolled my eyes and I pretty much said, I don't have time for this. I'm not going to argue about this. It, it kept showing up and like, like P shell started responding, like, stop it. You're pushing this thing into my timeline. I only want to respond to people who are verified. And P shells is sitting there. Pushing it out there. I'm like, oh, stop giving this life. And then I started, then I started getting mad. And I'm like, what does this even mean? And then it's like, now that you're saying that, it's like, okay, well then fine. Like if Bill Cartwright joined the Packers, he'd be the all-time leader in three-point shots. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. If one I, again, translate. You want to talk about it's it's about the guys who are throwing the ball. Okay. We know like the Bears quarterbacks yeah. haven't been good. That's your argument. We get it. Let's move on. Like and you know what? I love Sheldon. He's he's always the guy to just yeah. he'll push the envelope. He loves to stir it up. I know. Again, a lot of bored people this time of year. What are you gonna do? Like this is this is what we do. It's the doldrums. Thankfully, over the weekend, the Angels and the Seattle Mariners had an opportunity to dominate the news cycle with their little their little fist of cuffs that were going on, which was kind of entertaining. That was entertaining. Thankfully, I had not taken my daughter to that game. Like, which was like, we usually go on Sundays and we did, it didn't work out and I didn't take her. And everybody's like, are you glad you did it? And I'm like, no, nah. I'm like, I, I, it was tough. It was tough. Expl like, it was tough, like to explain it yeah. and not in like, and like people were like, oh, the, the middle, and it wasn't the middle fingers. It wasn't like the cursing, like whatever. My daughter's seen a middle finger. She's heard cursing. It's like, no, it's like how a guy just can't control his emotions like that just wants to run and fight 30 dudes. Like, I don't know. That's a bigger conversation, but anyway, we're, we're getting way off topic. Let's talk more bears. I think we, Sammy, do we have any bears questions? Uh, Cause we can get to those. Uh, is an above 500 record drinking the Kool-Aid or a realistic outcome? Brendan, what do you think? What do you think 500? Now, obviously we would have to tie a game because of that stupid 17th game. Um, but 500, I don't know. I think a lot of people are starting to talk themselves into it. Are, are we being realistic or not? Are we drinking the Kool-Aid? What do you think? 
So I think it's kind of on the, it's teetering on drinking the Kool-Aid versus realistic expectations. I have them personally right now at six wins. And I know that's not going to be popular with Bears fans. People are going to pan it. It's just where I think the team is at right now. Things can change. I might see something in training camp. And obviously once the season starts, all bets are off. As far as like about 500, over 500, let's say nine and eight. I mean, things things can fall their way. Um, on our podcast recently, uh, we had Luis Medina of Bleacher Nation Bears. And I thought he, he really had a, a solid point from last season about how games can go either way. You know, things can happen in the last minute, a fluke. You talk about the Steelers game. You talk about the 49ers collapse, even the Ravens game where that was back and forth. I mean, that's a potential three extra wins. Now, yeah. with this team now, may, hopefully a more disciplined team, a team that can rely more on its defense to not give up those late leads, a team that can have Justin Fields and a running offense that just continued to pound the ball down people's throats. Maybe those games don't happen this year, and maybe those near losses actually turn into clutch wins. We don't know. So... I think it, you might start to, you know, pour that Kool-Aid a little bit when you're talking about over 500. I think maybe the yeah. the more realistic is maybe seven, eight wins max. But I think it's right on the edge there. Yeah, you're fine, I believe, if you're between six and nine wins. I think, again, for all the reasons that you laid out, that, that these games can come down to something goofy. There's an opportunity to win a game. And, you know, you go back. If you went back and looked at the Bears – schedule from last year and the results and everything you're like oh yeah because it's for every one of those games where you're like oh my gosh yeah they did win that there were a few where you're like maybe maybe we weren't better than the Bengals but we won that one so we always just take that as like that that was an obvious (laughs) one I am one of the more entrenched Kool-Aid drinkers however I really do believe that this team will be better I don't know maybe I'm trying to balance out the force and trying to get to everybody who's coming on and saying that this is the worst roster in football, that this team is will be lucky to win a handful of games. I don't know. I do the predictions for the mm-hmm. NFL Network, and I look around, and I look around at situations, and I do not feel that the Bears are in a bad situation currently as it's set up. You know, I, I think that when you compare them to teams like Washington, for instance, who just signed Terry McLaurin, obviously, that we've been talking about, I still think that's a terrible situation. Like there, oh gosh, yeah. if, if there is one team, if there is one team in the league that the Cleveland Browns look at and they're like, God, I'm glad we're not them. It's the Washington commanders. And there is a lot of things happening with that ball club. And, you know, I think that it's easy for things to snowball, you know, and a lot of Washington fans will come up. They're hitting me up on Instagram and they're hitting me up wherever they think they can find me. And, they're like, why why, do, why? are you so against Washington? Why do you think the Bears are better? I'm like, well, I think the Bears have added some stability. I go, that that to me is a, a huge deal. That's a huge deal. You know, we don't have to reprimand our defensive coordinator for saying things in the media. Um, and our coach is like, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot to be basing this on, but we feel pretty comfortable with him. I think Ron Rivera, as much as I like him as a person, you know, outside of that Super Bowl team in 2015 – He's been above 500 once over that time. He's had a lot of losing, a lot of losing seasons. And I know that it gets kind of caught in the wash with Washington going seven and nine that first year and winning the NFC East, which is like, okay, you won the division, but you are still below 500. 
So I think there's a lot of questions with teams like that. And they got Carson Wentz. And I, I, you cannot take shots at Justin Fields. And they'd be like, well, we got Carson Wentz. Like one of my colleagues was like, well, this is – and this is probably sad for Terry McLaurin. He's playing with the best quarterback that he's played with yet. And it's Carson Wentz, which is not good. So yeah, I look at some of these teams and some of these situations, I feel a little bit more confident that the Bears have a solid plan. I guess that's the biggest thing. It's like we have a solid plan. And because we're Bears fans, I'm going to believe it more. I know that if you're a Jets fan, you might look at what they're doing and be like, well, the Jets, like they drafted this guy and they didn't. You're absolutely right. But I don't have an, I don't know, I don't have an attachment to the Jets. So I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt, which is probably not the best way to conduct your life. But listen, I'm going to have faith in the team until they give me reasons to believe otherwise. Brendan, there's no reason. Like you don't have to be this, you don't have to be cool to everybody. The Viking fans are still going to hate you, whether you pick us to win six games or 11. So you might as well just lean into it. (laughs) That's true. That is true. And you're you're right about like seeing the plan that the Bears are putting together. Teams like Atlanta, what what exactly are they trying to do? Are you pinning your hopes on Marcus Mariota and then possibly Desmond Ritter? I mean, Washington, you're right. You talk about Ron Rivera. He's been to the playoffs a few times, but a lot of those times have been with under 500 teams and they've barely squeaked by. The Seattle Seahawks, I think, are devoid of a lot of talent now. They don't have a quarterback either. The Houston Texans. I mean, there are, a. I would say when people say the Bears, and this has been one of those uh, national media storylines that's really gotten people riled up. And I think rightfully so. When they say the Bears have the worst team in the NFL, I just don't think that's a fact. I think you can point to all of those teams and say they are much, they're in worse situ- situations than the Bears. And you know, I really think that Matt Eberflus is going to bring that Lovey Smith style to the Bears now. We're talking about more discipline. We're talking about guys being in good shape. And we're talking about having an offensive identity finally. You know, if you have like a two-back system that continues to, like I said, pound the ball down after down, utilize that play action for Justin Fields, like you're seeing the plan actually start to form together. And it's going to be cohesive in my opinion. I think... While the Bears may not win a ton of games yet, I think they're going to be a really tough out for teams. And they're going to be one of those competitive teams that guys go, dang, that was that was a lot harder than I thought. So, but yeah, I mean, I obviously I'd be thrilled if the Bears made like a surprise run towards, uh, you know, a couple games over 500, maybe even a playoff berth. But I'm just I'm excited to start seeing these guys hit and I'm excited to see what this offense and defense is going to look like. You know, we're like you said, we're. We're in the doldrums of the offseason right now. We haven't seen much, and there's there's a lot to be seen yet. And I'll just say we've seen it uh, a couple times in the last week with Darnell Mooney going on podcasts saying, don't be surprised yeah. if we're going to surprise people. David Montgomery just did the same yeah. thing on Chicago Station saying, we're, we're about to shock people. Like These offensive stars, these young guys are really buying in to what Matt Eberflus is doing. Yeah, I really like the enthusiasm. They, like. As you said, seeing some of these young guys make the make the rounds on the podcast, and I don't know, uh, I will let you know that we've we've we plan to have a prominent Bears player on the show a week from Thursday. All it's right. a week from Thursday. We're going to have it. He's one of the rookies, which you should be able to narrow it down. He's one <laughs> of my favorite guys already. So uh, we were hopeful that he's going to be able to join us. We've 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 made it. We made contact. It sounds, I'll just say, Bayless Jones is supposed to join us next. I'll say it, Sammy. There you go. If he, if he backs out on us, so be it. I'm not going to, I'm going to care, 
but I'm not going to hold it against him. But he agreed. He, he seems fired up. So I love seeing all these guys uh, go out there and they're showing up on these shows and they, they have a lot of enthusiasm saying the right things. But I don't I don't know. Maybe it's just my imagination, but I don't remember, you know, especially last year, like guys doing the rounds being like, yeah, we're going to be good. Like it just did not it did not feel the way that it feels right now. So it's kind of refreshing uh, to see all that. And as a reminder, you can listen to the sick podcast with Adam Rank on AM 1530 WCKG Chicago uh, Fridays. Two to three central time. And of course, you can download the app and listen to it as well. Uh, very cool to be part of the uh, drive time in Chicago. Again, Brendan, uh, my, my family thinks I've made it now. Nothing I've done to this point mattered. But they're like, oh, you're, I heard you on the radio. You're like, okay, cool. Thanks. Did you see me on Total <laughs> Access? Like, I eh, don't get cable. Whatever. Uh, but we're thrilled to be a part of that show and uh, thrilled to uh, continue to reach out and reach new audiences. Um yeah, so let's go. How about another question, Sammy? Is Bayless Jones the real deal? Uh, John, uh, I think you know my answer. Brendan, what do you think? How do you feel about Bayless Jones this season? I'm very hopeful. I, I'm really – so when the pick was made, I think I had the reaction of a lot of Bears fans. And, you know, I think that's okay. I was like, who's Bayless Jones? Fair. And I was a little concerned that maybe this guy had, didn't have the pedigree or – you know, think he had the pedigree of some other receivers that were still on the board. But then I watched him play and I saw how he was able to find the different holes on the Tennessee offense, his speed, how, look, we, I know you talked about it a few weeks ago. That man is not undersized. He is a strong <laughs> wide receiver. Okay. Like don't, don't try to, you know, say otherwise, but I really like his makeup. I really like what he's bringing to the table. And I also am excited to see, the offensive system, Luke Getze. What is he going to do with them? How is he going to utilize them? And the biggest comp always is, oh, he's going to be Devo Samuel. He can go out of the backfield. Yeah. He can catch those screen passes. You can shoot him up on a slant, maybe have him do a double move and lose a defender with his speed. I mean, all those things are definitely possible, but I think he's just a, he's a good football player. And that's what Ryan yeah. Pohl's gotten him. I'm not sure as far as his rookie season, if he's going to really pop off like some of these other like rookie wide receivers, I think he's definitely going to have his moments. And I, I'm really interested to see how he's incorporated in the playbook, how many snaps he's going to see off the bat and to see how that progresses. But I'm a believer in Valus Jones Jr. Put it on the record. I think he's going to have a really, really solid career. I love that. You are on the record. I'm really interested to see what his Madden rating is going to be because – what is this, Don? What do you? Come on, it's nothing but a. We're like Lions player. fans in here. He could. I. You know what, Don? I would. I would disagree with you on that statement that he couldn't shine at USC. By the way, that was a terrible USC team. They it was. The, the, the the Clay Helton era. That's not a fair assessment. And he did have some memorable plays. He actually had this one play against UCLA in that famed rivalry, where he just he took he took he took one of those little dump offs one of those little slants and took it to the house, ran right through the UCLA defense, which again, it's the UCLA defense, but still I thought he was a very good player. And it was funny because I was on the tape never lies network uh, on the Friday night that, that that selection was made. And then Bayless was drafted and everybody, again, Brendan, like everybody has that kind of same reaction, yeah. you know, like, ah, like, okay, maybe a little bit sooner than expected. I had been talking about him on my Twitter feed with somebody else previously because somebody asked me about him just just randomly before mm -hmm. the draft. What do you think about this player? 
And I remember my, my, my gut feel was like, I said, I liked him at USC. I didn't follow him as much when he went to Tennessee, but I said, no matter where he goes, I always envisioned him as a guy who would come out and immediately be a great special teams player. I said, no matter what, like he's going to be a good special teams player right off the bat. And then as you said, you know, you go back and you start watching his tape and you start watching his route running and it really stands out. And it really, it is one of those things that perhaps if he had gone to Tennessee, perhaps if USC was a little bit more credible, he probably would have had better tape and probably would have been more well-regarded and it's fine. And none of that stuff matters, you know, now, now that you're in the NFL, now that you're there, just get after it. And then yeah. a lot of people make, you know, and they make, you know, they, he's an older guy, like, okay, but you know, he's still the same age as AJ Brown and everybody, everybody loved that move for Philadelphia. And you talked about it earlier. Like how many bears receivers get that second contract? Like that's something I don't need to care about for four years. Exactly. If, if Bayless comes in and balls out for four years, we'll have that conversation when the time arrives for right now. I just want him to go out there and play good football. And as Don was saying, if he like, and listen, he's not going to come out and get 200 targets and he's not going to probably have a hundred receptions. And that's fine. I don't think that he has to be that player. I think that if he comes in and is solid and he has those YouTube plays and he has a couple things where he's annoying, people don't like him because he makes big plays and he's, he moves the chains and things like that. For this season, I think that's an appropriate expectation, and I think he's going to be able to do that. But I will say that when his Madden rating comes out, he is going to be the guy that everybody puts into the lineup because they're going to want to use all of his skills because he's a well-rounded individual. Exactly. And one more thing I'll say about him. Look, you can look back at his USC days. He was in college for quite a few years. It's yeah. a long time ago. Like, look at what he just did. And it's not just playing against some cupcake teams that the SEC rolled over. He had production against Alabama, Georgia, I believe Kentucky. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he actually produced. He had some touchdowns. He was able to move the ball against those more elite defenses in college. So you're right. He's And he's not going to be, at least now, we don't know what his pro future like is going to be. But I'd say for this season, he's not going to ascend to that number one wide receiver. If he is a solid two or even a really, really good three, I think that's a great pick for his rookie season. I think that's those are good expectations, good numbers to have, and just continue to incorporate him in the playbook. Yeah, I, I think that he was drafted with a specific role in mind. You're going to come in and do this for us. I think that Luke Getze knew what he was getting. And it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think sometimes it's better to have players that you think, you know, that you, you know, it, it's not like playing fantasy football where it's just like, I just want all these great guys. Yep. Like certain guys have to fill certain roles. And you go back to the Lovey Smith era where guys played certain roles and guys did certain things and did certain things well. I think that's what the Bears are trying to get to right now. And I think even, you know, when you think about like uh, Paris Campbell in Indianapolis, you know, before the injuries and everything, I think they envisioned him as being a guy who like a very specific type of wide receiver to go out there and do a variety of different things. And I think that's, that's one of the benefits of having somebody like Bayless Jones. Plus you have Darnell Mooney, who's going to be the target hog. And it's going to be very similar to what we've seen in green Bay where Devontae Adams got all those receptions. And then they use the other guys, you know, Lazard and MBS would make plays at times and, 
I think yeah. that's cool. And, and play a role. Like you said, MVS was that deep threat. He would take the top off the defense, have those clutch touchdowns. You're right. You have to have role players on your team. This isn't just fantasy football. And I think like once we actually see those games happen, you're like, oh, that's why we have him. That's what he can do. And that's where he's going to yeah. be best utilized. So it's, it is exciting. Yeah, it is. And, and I would implore anybody to go out and watch some of those Tennessee games against the Blue Bloods of the SEC. I wish I would have watched more. I, honestly, being here out here in Southern California, when you see Tennessee versus Alabama, that was not a game I was going to turn on. You know, I got kids. It's small kids. I don't get to watch as much college football as I did before. I wish I would have watched them because when you go back and you watch, Bayless stands out. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I kind of dig what we got going on. I'm glad there's other people who are getting paid for this stuff. We're making these decisions and it doesn't come down to me uh, watching college football. So appreciative of that. All right. How about another question, Sammy? What do we got? Beautiful kitchen. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is uh, we're taking a tour around the house. If you joined us last week, you got to see my living room uh, with the Miss Pac-Man game. Now this is the kitchen. Uh, We're sprawling out here. So uh, listen, I don't know. This is like MTV Cribs now. I was going to say, was my a- wife's watching. She's getting she's getting ideas. She wants to redo our cabinets. Those are nice. Oh, yeah. You got to go with the white. It, it, it's a nice feature. Very softening uh, when you walk in and you open up. You want open spaces? I don't know. I just was. I just write. I just I just write the checks. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I think. All right, Jimmy. What about another question? Uh, which offensive player will have the best chemistry with Justin Fields by the end of the year? I think, um, I mean, Darnell seems like he's on his way. What do you think, Brennan? Yeah, it's. I want to say a different answer just to be contrarian, but it has to be Darnell Mooney, I feel like. Those guys, like we said, they are working together day in and day out, and that's what you want. You want these guys to you know, understand where the other one's going to be, what their tendencies are. I mean, we, we've seen it. We've seen it with Cuddy and Brandon Marshall, maybe a little too much because of the force right. feeding, but – Look at the magic that those guys were able to do on the field and just how unstoppable they were together in two spots, too, in Denver and Chicago. I really yeah. think Darnell Mooney is going to be that guy. He is committed to his craft. I just, again, hearing his interview that he had last week, I remembered how he had his first purchase when he got his rookie contract was the Jugs machine. And yeah. that I just loved that, hearing how dedicated he was. And now that he knows who his quarterback's going to be, remember last year, you talk about the the uncertainty of last year. Well, is it going to be Andy Dalton? Is it going to be Justin Fields? Now that everybody knows that Fields is the guy, these guys were working from January till now. I mean, I really want to say another guy, but it's got to be it's got to be Mooney. But if you had to take somebody else outside of Mooney, who's the obvious answer? Is there anybody else who's been standing out to you? I have somebody in mind. Uh, I'm curious if you had somebody else that you were looking at like, oh, this could be a person to keep an eye on. I do think Cole Komet is going to be that other guy who finally has that maybe mini breakout or at least is much more productive than he was last year because the only time Cole Komet was ever getting yards was on third and 20. And he would just get those like 10-yard gains. He was able to shed tacklers, but it it felt useless. Like you're just trying to make a punt look better. But this time (laughs) I think – Knowing what Getsy's coming from with the Packers offense, how they've been ut- able to utilize tight ends like Robert Tunyon. I mean, Komet can be an effective receiver. I think he gets a little too much slander on here. He's not yeah. one of those guys like prime Rob Gronkowski or even Jimmy Graham, you know, one of those like more traditional U tight ends. But for being a Y, 
he's going to have his moments. And he's been saying the same thing. He's been working out with Fields and Mooney, trying to get on the same page. He looks, not going to lie, he looks a bit like, you know, maybe slimmed down a little bit, but more muscular. Like maybe he might be a little faster this season. So he's my other breakout. Yeah, he I, I, that, that goes for everybody, though, because that was one of the things when they hired this administration from the GM down to the coach. They're like, get your running shoes on and get ready to get in shape. And some of these guys, it feels like everybody yeah. has heeded that advice. And when you see Cole Komet, you see him out there at the, uh, the, the tight end university and things like that. I know he's an active participant. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. You know, I, I think that we were too quick. And I think everybody's still stung by the Adam Shaheen draft pick of not going with George Kittle, that we wanted to make him George Kittle immediately and be like, that's a, this could be our Kittle or this could be our Kirkland version of, of George Kittle. And all that is unfair because there's, you know, that's a very special player that we're talking about. But when you talk about Robert Tunyon, you look at what he did two years ago where he had what? I think he had double digit touchdowns. If not, it was at least yep, nine. He did. And that's the kind of tight end that we want. I mean, that is the guy. Like, yeah, that's that, fine with me. I'll, I'll take that. Like, that's that's what we got. We have a running game. Like, when you start, again, using the Green Bay Packers as an example, when you look at what the Packers were able to do last year with Devontae Adams as their number one guy, they had Bob Tunyon, which was more of a number two years ago, but, like, yeah. you still see that. And they had two quality running backs. Both those guys over had over 1,100 scrimmage yards with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. The Bears have the have those type of players. Darnell Mooney, I think, would be – he's not on Devontae Adams' level right now, but he's definitely better than Alan Lazard. I think Cole Komet could reach Bob Tunyon's level. I would take – I would say our, our running backs are good. I, I think that Dylan and um, Aaron Jones are very good. Yeah. But I think our running backs are good, and I think that they could get to that level. So when I look at it, I'm like, okay, I go, I think this is a little bit better than people are giving us credit for. Again, it's not it's not the Packers who've been doing this for a number of years. And their quarterback, of course, makes those guys look a little bit better. But at the same time, it, it, it's not like this team is devoid of talent. Like even Byron Pringle, who's uh, been going out there and he has been able to, you know, his legal troubles, I don't think if, I don't think anything's going to come of that. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any insight on that. But, you know, it feels like, okay, everything's ready to go and, and people are – Again, I, I've, I've said this before. I think I even said this last week. I go, it's so easy with these editors and the SEO. And, you know, you want to go out there. And if you want to get clicks on the Internet one day, you just go out there and besmirch the bears because we all come out. We'll come oh, out. Yeah. We Fair. come out of the woodwork. We can't keep we can't help ourselves. You know what I'm trying to stay out of stuff. I can't help myself. Bears Twitter is a force of nature and I love it. <laughs> like we Bears Twitter could band together and do some incredible things. I think with just, you know, <laughs> the amount of, I guess, slander that people, you know, throw to the bears, but you're exactly right. You think about AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones for the running game, for example. I mean, Khalil Herbert's a pretty damn good running back. He just didn't get the touches after he showed his flashes last year to prove yeah. it. Once David Montgomery came back from his injury Everybody thought, okay, we're going to have this power. Two-headed back. Yeah, yeah, two-headed monster. And then he didn't see more than five carries for the rest of the the season. Five carries per game, I should say. But this year, knowing what what Luke Getzey's offense, or I guess what the Packers offense did with Jones and Dylan, that is definitely going to be the blueprint. Run the ball, run the ball, set up play action, move the pocket, use Fields' athleticism and speed to his advantage find the open receiver, 
you speed with the receivers like Bayless Jones and Darnell Mooney and continue to move the ball that way. So this team doesn't have like the superstar name that other teams do, but those superstars had to come from somewhere. They had to develop somehow. And Darnell Mooney, looking at his stats, looking what he's been able to do, I mean, and him and David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, there's talent on this team. Again, yeah. I don't know if the, the wins are going to come. I think, you know, I'm saying all this, but I'm still not predicting a ton of wins. But they're going to be competitive, and they're going to really – I really think they're going to surprise people with just the amount of talent that comes out of this and what a new offensive system can actually bring out of these guys. Yeah, there's obviously a continuity issue, and it would be a lot easier if these guys had been in the system last year and yep. they were taking the lead. And maybe it's, you know, we're project we're perhaps people like me are a year ahead uh, anticipating them because, you know, people will draw comparisons to what Joe Burrow did. And, you know, hey, second year guy led his team to the Super Bowl. A lot of people are doubting them. The only difference was is that he had a full year with Zach Taylor. Like there was not a coaching change yeah. in the middle uh, for the Bengals. So that that's probably going to be the biggest issue. But again, I think that, you know, if, if, the, if the defense is halfway credible, which I anticipate they will, and that's the one thing that is the great equalizer is that if your offense is still struggling and you're trying to, to make plays and you're trying to get that offense installed and everything like that, it's a lot easier if your defense is going out there and putting you into a position to win. You know, we saw that last year with the Steelers game, and it was the defense that let them down. But it's like if you, if you keep it close – and you get to the point of the game where you're just like, all right, Justin, like, okay, game plan's out the window. Just go play football and win us a football game. He can do that. And when the game, you know, he did that. He gave us the lead against the Steelers, against the Ravens. Uh, was very. He did that against the 49ers with the broken play. Yep. Now we have a defense that can stop some 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 teams. And we've seen it, too. We saw what Aberflus did last year to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he's done a nice job of shutting down the Chiefs at certain points, I think it was. So I really do believe that, you know, the defense could end up being the great equalizer, which I know a lot of people, you know, like, oh, here's the Chicago guys again talking about defense. Like, that does matter. It does. Yeah. Like, did you not like did you not watch the second half of the AFC championship game? Like the Bengals, as much as we love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and everybody like that. The key to that game was the adjustment that they made in the second half and shutting down Patrick Mahomes. The Patriots, or not the Patriots, but the, the Buccaneers two years ago, they're Super Bowl champions mm -hmm. because of what they did to Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady was excellent, but it was because of the defense. So as much as I was a big, like, not anti-defense, but I'm like, enough with the defense, I've, I've course corrected. You got to well, play defense. Right. And I mean, guess what? There's been a lot of new names on that defense now, particularly in the secondary. I mean, yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about Kyler Gordon yet. We haven't talked about Jaquan Brisker yet. I mean, even I'm I'm pretty excited to see what Tavon Young can do potentially as the nickel corner. Jalen Johnson right. continue to ascend in his third year like that whole secondary is brand spanking new, essentially. And hopefully with some of those guys coming in, it makes Eddie Jackson better. He can finally you know, whatever has been ailing him, whatever he's been not been able to do the last couple seasons, he can finally get back to doing what he does best and ball hawking. I feel like we've been saying that for years, but mm -hmm. this defense is going to look a lot different. And look at what Matt Eberflus did when he came in in 2018. The defense continued to get better and better and better. 
I think a lot of meatball people just look at what happened in the Jaguars game this past year, uh, <laughs> week 18. Look, yeah, it was bad, but are you going to really take one game versus four years of a really solid defensive play? And like you said, shutting down some of those higher octane offenses. So um, a good defense can really help the offense out a lot. And I'm, I think this, uh, you know, the secondary alone is really going to be a big improvement. I am interested to see how the defensive line does. Of course, we don't have Khalil Mack anymore, Akeem Hicks. We don't know what's going to happen with Robert Quinn yet. So I think that could be like the, not necessarily a question mark, but there could still be some, uh, a transition going, especially from a four, a three, four to a four, three, but this defense is going to look good. And, uh, Matt Eberflus's system has worked. I, I think the reason I'm thinking like five to six wins here is I go back to 2004, Lovey mm-hmm. Smith's first year. Of course, yeah. injuries riddled that team and you know they weren't really good halfway through the season. But remember, they played every team tough. They had a really good defense. And really, this offense is a lot more talented than that team ever was. So if yeah. they can stay healthy, you're talking about really competitive football. And that's what Matt Eberflus preaches. Yeah, I think that's what we want is the competitiveness. I'm already preparing myself to the for the offense to maybe. I think over the last couple of years, we would go into every season and be like, well, at least the offense is going to look great. Like, we've got this Matt Nagy guy who, you know, he's an offensive genius. So, of course, we'll go out there. We'll score points. That never materialized. So, I hope that the opposite is true because I am thinking about it. I'm writing my State of the Franchise series right now, and I'm talking to him currently – writing the one for the Houston Texans for next week and talking about Lovey Smith and what the, what his situation is like in Houston and what he brought to the team back in 2004. Like there's so many similarities. Like it's so funny because the bears, I still say after that 10 and six season, they made a mistake in getting rid of him and the four coaches that they brought in after him have not been, not been, not been good. And the guy that they hired this year, is kind of a clone of Lovey Smith, who does a lot of the things that Lovey Smith loved to do. So I don't know. There's there's something to be said about that. So I don't know. I'm still setting myself. I think the NFL is yeah. easier now than it was in 2000. <laughs> you know what Lovey Smith also did? He beat well, the Packers. Yeah, he did. Okay, I was worried where you were going with that because I, I have to defend what happened to him in Tampa Bay because it was not good. But Oh, yeah. But that was, I, again, I feel like they were – they were they wanted to hire Dirk Cutter, so he was never going to get a fair shake. I kind of fear that the same thing's happening with him down there with Josh McDaniels, not Josh McDaniels, Josh, Josh McCown. McCown. Yeah, I'm like oh, the, he, like he's getting Dirk Cuttered again. But in any event, um, I think that again we'll be competitive. I think that's the bottom line. We're competitive. We'll be competitive. The wins, losses, we'll see how it goes. What about what, what about another question, Sammy? What do we got going on? Uh, which unit wins more games for the team this year? Hey, it's Berlissimo. Oh, man. What's uh, up, George? Costas games this year, the offense or the defense. Um, Brenda, what do you think? I got my I got my thoughts, but I'll let you go ahead and uh, take first crack at this. It's a good question. And Berlissimo, I, I do love Berlissimo. He's got some great thoughts. I'm going to say that maybe I'm just pained from the last few years, but I, I think unfortunately it's still going to be the offense is going to cost yeah. more games yeah. and you're learning a new system. Justin Fields even came out in during minicamp and said, Hey, we're not ready to win a game. We're not ready to play a game yet. They're still yeah. putting their system in. They're still getting a feel for one another, still learning the new terminology. 
Whereas, and defense is more, a little bit more reactionary. You do see defense that's usually ahead in all these off season programs. When you get into the season two, knowing Matt Eberflus is bringing, I think half of his Colts staff over, yeah. including a few players. I think they're going to be the more polished side of the football. Also the defense last year, while they did give up a lot of big plays, yards kind of cost a few games, they still were the more effective unit. And whether you can call that coaching or personnel, I mean, either way, like they were the more effective unit last year. So I got to say the defense just mainly because of the continuity that's coming with the Colts staff versus learning an entire new offense with Justin Fields and Luke Getze. You know, it's funny. I want to know who gets credit for a win if, you know, Justin Fields scores a touchdown in the last minute of the game, the defense holds on or something like that. I think it'll both be very complimentary. I think that Justin will be able to do some things to win some games and the defense will be able to not only hold on to a win, but help put him in a position to win a game. You know, last year in uh, one of the Green Bay games, they had a chance. I think it was the first one because there was one where we were ahead at halftime, but it was, I think it was the first one where it wasn't necessarily close, but the defense just couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers and mm-hmm. couldn't get him off the field. If they had done that, then Justin would have had an opportunity to go out there and put the team ahead. Aaron Rodgers probably would have scored with 14 seconds left anyways, and we probably would have still lost, and that's fine. But I think that situations like that where the defense is going to set up Justin a lot to put him into a position to win. I think it's an unreal expectation for him to pull every game out to, to win every game, to win every situation like that. But I do believe, and I think there'll, there'll still be some, some issues. There'll still be some interceptions. There'll still be some turnovers, but I think that the defense is going to end up being the one that puts us in more position to win games. Like when we're, when we're doing breakdowns afterwards, we'll be like, ah, the defense really played well like that, you know, even though, and even when it doesn't always seem that way, you know, like if you are even watching uh, the, the, the white Sox on Monday night, and I'm, this is me trying to relate to the Chicago people. <laughs> I was cheering for the angels. So it doesn't matter. Um, and at some point I will film a video and explain to you guys how this happened how I'm an Angels fan and a Bears fan, but we're not going to talk about that right now. But there was a game where like Giolito was out there and from a White Sox perspective, he wasn't necessarily great, but I thought he did well enough to where you could have been disappointed that you didn't get the win because he he pitched well enough to allow the White Sox to take the lead. And then the Angels rallied the next inning, the bullpen blew it and, you know, like that kind of thing. I think there'll be a lot of that. There could be a lot of that going on with the Bears. We're like, ah, the defense, like where Justin might play well enough, but the deep and, it, and you'll think like, well, the defense kind of blew up. You're like, nah, but the offense could have scored more. Um, but I, I think he probably put it the best when you said that the more polished unit will be the defensive side of the football. Cause that's just where the coach comes from and that's where his mm-hmm. staff is. And so, yeah, I would say that. And I think that we're probably two years away from, you know, the offense consistently bailing us out each and every week or whenever we need it. So it's not totally realistic this year, but I think there'll be times too. Although I do think that Justin has that magic and just going off those games, those situations, the Steelers, the Ravens and the, and the 49ers, you're like that. He does some nice things. Like he does some things that you just cannot defend. And when you look at some of those plays and some of those throws are like, not everybody in the league can do this. So let me ask you a question. Speaking of that, 
I'm thinking about the Steelers game where, of course, they blew it. The defense had their issues and then going for that 65-yard field goal. But the fact that Justin Fields had ice water in his veins, he continued to rally them back. And I, I think we all felt like that was the best we felt after a loss, I think, 100%. collectively as a Bears as Bears fans. So if we if the Bears lose, let's say they go five and twelve. But yeah. those, you know, a lot of those 12 losses were fields rallying the team back and maybe the defense doesn't look as good. And we're talking, yeah. you know, this is different than we think. How are you feeling? Like, are you are, are we feeling a lot better about, you know, just fields in general? Are we feeling a little bit worse about where the rest of the team is at. Now, I, I think that regardless of what happens, as long as you know if the quarterback can play, it's the most important thing that you can have. Yeah. In football. And I, I think this is a situation that that extends beyond the Bears. Uh, the Giants this season are going to be going through that. And they're they're up against it more than we are because they did not pick up Daniel Jones's fourth or fifth year option. So this is Daniel. If, if Daniel Jones goes and balls out this year, they have to franchise tag him. They're going to start Kirk Cousining him. And so. I think for a lot of these teams, you want to know if your quarterback can play. I think the Jets are going to be in a very similar situation, and the and the Jags. And it's not that you're giving up on a quarterback. Like I, I don't I don't think that anybody's going to be in a situation. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to hit the streets. Zach Wilson is not going to hit the streets. But you want that confidence of knowing, like, okay, well, this is fixed. Yeah, we can move on. And I remember specifically right after that Steelers game, I did the the I did total access post game every Monday night for the entirety of the season. And our producer on Monday nights is our, our producer that Monday night in particular was a Steeler or still is. She's still a Steelers fan. Um, she was in my ear and she's like, are you okay? Are you? I'm like, why does it like people are yeah. like, <laughs> people are acting like I'm going to be upset by what's happening. Like that, that taunting call was garbage. Um, I wish the, I wish the offense could have held or I wish the defense could have held on, but like, Justin Fields looked like a stud. Like that's the only thing we need to worry about right now. And that's, that's all I care. I was like, ah, cool. Like we're good. Yeah. I, I I had the same way. Like everybody's kind of, some people are lamenting a loss. And I think I joined on, oh gosh, a few spaces and we were, everybody was just over the moon. Like, did you just see that? Did you just see what this quarterback could do with his back against the wall? We hadn't seen that. So you're right. That's, that's what we want to see. We want to see quarterback development and it's even after year two, I know there have been some conversations like, well, after the first year of Justin Fields in this new regime, are they potentially going to move off of him? I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see that progression. Even if the wins don't come a bit, even if some of the stats don't show it, I think you're You're going to see that this guy has the magic. He has the ability to make something out of nothing. We've already seen it, but you're going to see it more consistently. So, yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Yeah, I, I truly believe that the team, the organization, the, the new front office took this gig specifically because Justin Fields is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're going to give him at least one more year. Like that, to me, isn't even an issue. He's going to go all the way through four. Like he's going to play four seasons for the Bears at least. So, I don't know. I love the, the the hot take artist, the Adam Shines of the world. We want to be like, ah, it's the worst roster. What are they doing him? Our our friends uh, calling for the transfer portal. Who was it? Tease. Um, but anyways, you know, like I I don't know. Like it's they're fine. Like he's he's going to be given an opportunity. I think they are putting him in a pretty good position to succeed. 
uh, whether people believe, you know, well, it'll it'll prove itself this year one way or the other. And by the way, if you're uh, watching the show, if you're enjoying the show uh, through our internet feed, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, please comment right now using the word sick to let us know that you're enjoying this. And again, we will be back on Thursday with another good show. And uh, of course, on Friday, AM 1530 WCKG, we will be on in drive time once again. So we got all that stuff. There it is. Uh, every Friday. And I think that Olin, if, if Olin's show is not started yet, it will be up there soon. So we're going to have a cool block. AM 1530 is going to be amazing on Friday afternoons. You're, gonna, you're not going to want to listen to the Cubs. Listen to us. It'll be a lot more fun. But Sammy, do we have another question before we, uh, given Flues' background, this is from Brandon. Given Flues' background in maximizing output on defense, do you see us having a top 10 defense giving we can argue we have more talent than his Colts defense. We could argue that. Um, yeah. What do you think, Brennan? Do you think that uh, this is a possibility? Do you, okay, let's just say, is this going to be a top 10 defense? Oh, man. If you put in the possibility, I'd say, yes, absolutely, there's a possibility. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I want to say they're probably going to be like between 12 and 14 because yeah. I don't I don't know. I, I love the secondary I think a lot of it is going to, you know, depend on what that what that front's going to look like. Can Nick Mor- Morrow continue to ascend and be that complement to Roquan Smith? We know Roquan's going to be a beast and as yeah. the uh, the will linebacker in this system. What about you know Justin Jones, the three technique, Al Qaeda Muhammad as the defensive end, Travis Gibson? He's a popular breakout candidate for somebody who could potentially get double digit sacks we've talked about it a little bit. Is Robert Quinn going to be here? I, I think the possibility is there. And especially when you talk about the the emphasis on turnovers, that's what Matt Eberflus really preaches. He's had Charles Tillman in the, in the building. Jaquan Brisker has been popping balls out. Kyler Gordon really trying to get his hands on the football as well. So I really want to say yes, but I'm just kind of like on that fringe, like maybe, if it's going to be a top 12 defense, I would feel comfortable about that. That's fair. I'm going to say ninth. We're going to be number nine. Okay. So I'm going to go, I'll, I'm all in. And, I, and again, we had Tom Hannafin on from Impact Wrestling, who's a huge uh, Penn State guy. And we were talking about Jacon Brisker. And this is one of those guys you're talking about, you know, when Bayless was drafted, you know, I did have some familiarity because of his uh, USC connection. And I knew I followed him. Brisker was a guy that I didn't spend a lot of time watching, especially running up to the draft. I wasn't quite sure. And, but, you know, it's just one of those things like he went to Penn State. He plays defense. He's probably good. But when you yeah. went and watched this tape, you're like, okay, like this guy stands out. And this is always something that we talked about when draft Dr. Phil is on is we always talk about one of our favorite players being Mike Brown. And one of the things about Mike Brown is that, you know, he was just a turnover machine that doesn't happen through luck. That happens through having a great, football IQ and Jaquan Brisker looks like the kind of player who has that high football IQ is always going to find a way to be around the, around the ball. He's going to be doing, he's going to be making some special plays. I think his defense starts to antagonize some quarterbacks. I don't know if they'll be able to flap Aaron Rodgers this season, but I really think they're going to end up getting under the skin of guys like Kirk cousins and Jared Goff, who they get to play four times a year. So I think that there's a possibility that this team defensively is going to be very good. I'll put them at number nine. And uh, listen, you can come back and make fun of me later. I'm sure Don will, who thinks that 
who thinks that Bayless is just some gadget guy, which is fine. Actually, we need gadget guys. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have one. Yeah, you do. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, the Bears do have – they don't play the best offenses now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. I mean, yes, we have the 49ers. We also don't know. I oh, mean, my God. We don't, we, don't, we don't know if Trey Lance is going to be we week don't. one. You're right. You have uh, you have the Commanders, like you said, the Giants, the Texans, the Falcons. What's that offense going to look like? I'm starting to – after I said, like, to, top 12, mm. I think I'm starting to buy into uh, that top 10 thinking. Even, not only just the talent and the philosophy that Matty Rufloos is preaching, but also just what kind of offenses they're going to be facing. I mean, yes, they're playing the Packers twice a year. I'm trying to think the, you know, are the Patriots offensively really going to be a juggernaut? I don't think so. The yeah, Dolphins with Tua, who knows? Like, there's a lot of question marks there. So I'll say top 10. I'll move it. I'll, there I'll, it is. I'll, buy, I'll drink that Kool-Aid with you, man. All right. See, I love that. See, we've come together on that. I think that's a perfect spot to finish. Uh, Want to thank you uh, for being here. Talk a little bit about your pod, though. I know you guys are blown up. You, you had a little bit of a restart earlier this year. How's that been going? Where can everybody find your podcast? Yeah, it's been going great, Adam. Uh, you can find us at the Bear Down Chicago podcast on Twitter. We're at Bear Down Shy Pod. Uh, we do episodes weekly. Uh, myself, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley. Uh, we just had an awesome guest on, Mark Grody. He does the yeah. Bears reporting for 670 The Score as well as the sideline reporting. Uh, one of the one of my most favorite interviews that we've ever done. Uh, he was fantastic, and we've got more great stuff coming with them. So uh, make sure you check out the podcast. Like I said, episodes weekly, and then you can also check me out on Bears Wire. Uh, so I'm doing uh, articles almost daily. Uh, myself, Alyssa Barbieria, and our other contributors. Uh, we're in the middle of a top 30 most important Bears player list as well. So that'll be coming out each day. You can see who we have going from 30 to one. So that's uh, that's what I got going on right now. Awesome. You know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. Apologize to Alyssa for me for uh, not putting over the Bears wire once again. I'm still upset at her for saying that the Bears were going to be garbage at five positions. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's right. The Bears wire is really good. I uh, I appreciate you guys continuing to, to, to put out the content each and every day. You know, I get it right to my inbox. You can subscribe to the Bears wire. You don't have to go search it out. They'll send it right to your inbox. It's so convenient. Uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, Brendan, along with uh, Alyssa, do a great job over there at the Bears Wire. So we appreciate it. Make sure everybody listens to the Bear Down Chicago pod. I think I was your first guest, if not. You were. You were our inaug inaugural guest. And, I mean, that was such a fun episode. We can't – I mean, good. we can't thank you enough for not only coming on, but supporting the podcast you know, giving us retweets and, you know, just being a friend of the show. So we really do. I feel like we say it a lot, but we probably don't say it enough, but thank you. We really do appreciate it. Well, thank you. I know that you guys have been very generous with your time as well, appearing here on the sick podcast. So thank you so much. So that's it till the, uh, so we'll, gosh, we probably won't be talking again until after the training camp and everything starts. So don't be a stranger. And uh, I hope we see you very soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. There he goes. The great, Brendan Chagru of the Bear Down Chicago pod and, of course, the Bears Wire. Again, subscribe to it. It's pretty good. I uh, want to remind everybody one last time, you can hear the SICK podcast with Adam Rank on AM 1530 WCKG in Chicago. That is 2 o'clock Central Time. That's Chicago time. It's drive time. When you're cutting out early on a Friday, listen to me, then stick around and listen to Olin uh, right after that. I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm sliding his part. I think it's Jason. 
I think it's I think it is Olin with Jason, but I, I don't want to I don't want to besmirch them. I should do a better job of knowing of of, of knowing who is uh, who is following us. And by the way, if you like this shirt, by the way, you know you can shop the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank Collection for the sickest Chicago Bears merch. We got some cool Justin Fields adjacent shirts. And again, jump in before we get sued. I also want to do a. We got to do, you know, I've, I've got some phrases that we do on the NFL Fantasy Live show. I think we're going to just go ahead and start making sure like that as well. So listen, make sure you check it out. So check us out on, on AM 1530. Check out the uh, the sick merch, all that stuff. And again, if you like this show, if you're still with us right now, why don't you type in the word Mooney into the comments, hit the share button, send it to one of your buddies, be like, hey, you should still check this out. It's a positive show. We're trying to have a good time. Uh, but I do want to thank everybody for joining us here today. Thank you for your questions. Uh, sorry if we didn't get to yours. It's no disrespect to you. We just had a lot to talk about. You would think that it's, you know, the off season. We wouldn't have a lot to talk about, but we certainly did. We appreciate you being here. Uh, tune in on Thursday. We will be back with another show two weeks from now. or two, A week from Thursday, we'll have Bayless Jones Jr. as well. That's going to be exciting. So, But we're going to have a cool guest on Thursday, so don't worry about it. And until then, bear down. Sammy Monty plays out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.